wish mama's prayers had magic Maybe they do, but I never saw them fill 12 baskets Wish this man upstairs would leave the attic The tomb may be empty, but I seen a lot of full caskets I used to laugh more, now I just play actor Family thinks I'm just tired, that's what I wear this mask for Surprise me how much I can hate the man in the mirror But I got real good when I forgot what I was here for Mama, may I ask why? I can't find an alibi when I look into my own eyes Self-love, self-hate, do we master fate? Or is life a gamble, which hand should I play? Devil's knocking at my door, kept it closed, he come for more Do I wear halos or horns, get so rope so carries thorns When does night turn into morn, been so cold when will it warm? Pens up on my road a song, lullaby so dreams live on confused on who to follow and which voice is true. Is there a word for this moment where self-doubt meets self-confidence and you're trying to be humble, but they're asking you to choose? Choose which voice is going to reign over you. Influence your next decision. Choose which voice you're going to let be you. Choose. Is there a word for this moment? When was the last time you felt pain? Not just the pain you wear on the outside, but the kind that hides on the inside, the kind that digs deeper than bone and marrow, writes scars in your most hidden and intimate places where spirit and soul are stripped naked, drowning you in a pool of poison, so hold your breath. Because often that becomes our best attempt at survival. We all carry broken hearts, unpacked baggage, and spines with stab wounds, but it is because of pain that we can know what healing feels like. Like when the calluses of a wounded past become calluses on a musician's fingertips where verses, stanzas, metaphors, melodies stitch a tapestry together that makes our wounds whole. So don't hide your scars because they are the art of healing. Say that you're there, that you're there 
father Only hold me with the hands of time They say it's not much farther Just wait till you feel alright But talks do not stop the drops No move these wounds counterclockwise Where's the light when you're blinded by your hindsight But hey, pain makes the prettiest start And you painted a Picasso when you gave me these scars So your past is my present Since your present seems far The mistake was yours But now I live with skeletons in the dark Only got two cents to change your mind Will it pay the price? Will it suffice? Do we need to show the other side? If we go rewind, since I throw my eyes, will the past have passed the mice? Would you apply? Would you acquire? Would you play soft ties with mine? So pay homage to the play you cause I broke a leg. A crying clown's comedy, so humor is funny. And one person's pain is another's forgiveness. So I hope your mirror smiles when it sees what you did like.
stairs to the side, hey, you'll be alright. No looking at your feet, how you gonna catch a vibe? I shouldn't be strangers, mind not saying hi. So if you're down to be a we give me a French goodbye. JK, no game, but hope you let me shoot. Cause you a slam dunk in the Filipino hoops. It's just my yosa god, bust your mama's womb. May Francis break his vows like American I do. Okay, okay, that's enough, man. Bumping old gay still waiting for a slow jam. Cha cha salsa, whatever you wanna do. Oh, we can keep it chill, just step forward. Roman. Hi, I'm Roman. Today it's Friday, May 10th, 2019. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio. We're here in the Mission District in San Francisco. We're on Ohlone land, and I would like to ask folks to take a look at the Shumi land tax, and that's S-H-U-U-M-I land tax. And if you're on East Bay, that's one way that folks can give back to the land that we're on. So please do check that out. We've got a, a show coming up for everyone. Uh, ah, intros to the shows. Oh, goodness. There's. I'm going to sigh a lot. Uh, there's a few news stories that I'll, I'll get to and probably sigh. I, I've, already, I've already started sighing, and I haven't even started talking about what's happening yet. It's, it's that kind of a week. Uh, do appreciate folks listening. Um, sometimes I start the show with a trigger warning in that we're talking about current events and what people in positions of power do to harm the rest of us. So just a note that this is not really a comedy show. Occasionally there is humor, uh, as that's one coping mechanism to deal with uh, the world that we're in and have been living in. And also recognizing uh, folks are listening for the first time. That's the type of show that this is during, during the news parts. That is, we do have an interview coming up, which I'm sure will be much more uplifting and that will be, at around 1.30 p.m., so very much looking forward to that, talking with some folks involved with this performance called Within These Walls um, and its sequel, Dreams of Flight. So really looking forward to talking um, with folks who are putting on this performance, and that's happening uh, in San Francisco at, uh, Angel, at the Angel Island Immigration Station. So yeah, that's coming up around 1.30, so please do stay tuned for that. Start off the show with some music, because i uh, not as prepared as I... Uh, would have liked to have been, which is the, that's a recurring theme here for me. And I know there's that saying, fake it till you make it. And I kind of have the opposite thing where I'm probably, you know, qualified and doing okay. And also uh, a little bit self-deprecating. And I do value the time that we have here at the station. And I feel like it's a privilege to be able to 
uh, broadcast here two hours a week, and I feel it's really important to share the truth and share people's voices, and I want to do the best job I can. And also, given the world that we're living under, <laughs> there's a lot of emotional toil. There's a lot of psychological trauma happening. Uh, there's a lot of horrendous uh, laws that are looking to be passed that already have been passed, etc. And we're living in the middle of it. And how can one be as proactive as possible and uh, maintain one's uh, maintain one's mental health? It's it's very tricky, very tricky. So I do hope to provide a a show here for folks that is uplifting and also inspiring. Uh, I feel like the folks that I bring in here, um, or the folks that come in here, uh, the folks on the show here really uh, inspire me a lot. So wanting just to highlight those voices and, um, I just want to share that with folks out there in the universe, wherever you're listening. (sighs) There's go. There we go. That's a good sigh. Sometimes I used to start the show off with rants. Now there's just so much happening. And again, so much to get to. I did want to um, plug the band that um, we will be having on the show in June, it looks like. And big thanks to Shirley for also connecting me with these folks. And it's Kapwa, the band, and that's K-A-P-W-A. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, the band. And you can find them at uh, kapwatheband.bandcamp.com. So that's K-A-P-W-A-T-H-E-B-A-N-D.bandcamp.com. And this is from the album KTB. Played a few tracks, and we'll be playing some more throughout the show. Originally, when the show started back, way back when in 2013, when we were so much, so much younger then, uh, the original tagline of the show was "The news is depressing, and sometimes we play music." And I feel like the news is always depressing, and we always play music. So we, we can guarantee that. There is, we do have positive news stories. And last week, uh, wanted to share. There was an article that we shared about folks in Portland who were sticking it to a, a lawyer who was defending the ICE union. So, or the, so there are stories and there's also the folks in the DC in, in the DC. I'm going to calm down a little bit. I had some coffee. I'm a little bit animated. Uh, so of course the U S is like, we got to go invade places and then say we're helping them helping in quotation marks. It should be in quotation marks. And Venezuela is the current, one of the current places on that list. And then of course there's talk of more war with Iran and it's just, it's so fucking disgusting. And the fact that there aren't, I definitely do not trust politicians in general. And also it's just shocking, or maybe not shocking, just how few of them are anti-war or decide to compromise enough to go along with the war machine and how disgusting it is. And it's, everything is connected. So if you, maybe war is not your, you don't necessarily care about it so much, but maybe you care about the environment. The biggest polluter to the planet is the U S military. So that's connected. I feel similarly with animal rights activists who maybe don't care so much about human beings. And, uh, given the fact that cops, uh, in addition to killing thousands of people a year, or at least over a thousand that's reported in the United States, uh, they also kill people's pets. They kill people's dogs a lot. And I would imagine that for the animal rights activists, that would be something, uh, we could use your help on this fight against, uh, law enforcement that becomes very violent and is militarized in this country. Oh, I told you it wasn't a comedy show. This is just my perspective, of course. Uh, I know a lot of folks agree, and I think it's also important to get it out there because a lot of uh, mainstream media doesn't necessarily 
share these views or uh, it's just everything's moved so far to the right now where uh to i i'll I'll speak for myself i believe everyone should have health care and housing and food uh we should rehabilitate folks instead of punish them uh people should have control over their own bodies uh i don't think any of that is radical yet (laughs) in some circles that's that's viewed as radical which is just fucking disgusting and shocking to me that the basic a basic principle of being alive here on this planet is somehow uh, seen as uh, out of the ordinary in some, by some narratives, I should say, because I don't believe that that's the popular opinion. I think it's just the opinion that's been forced on us by a lot of mainstream media and certain people in positions of power. Speaking of which, I used to have a segment on the show called Which Governors Do I Hate the Most? And there are a lot of them, and there still are. So Brian Kemp's up there now after he fucking stole the election from Stacey Abrams and is now looking forward to passing really fucking disgusting. See, one one positive thing about being here is that I can, I don't have to really watch my language so much. Um, I'm filled, filled with a lot of anger, of course, when people try to have control over someone else's body. So they're really just really reprehensible laws that they're looking to push forward in terms of not allowing folks to have uh, healthcare and take care of their own bodies and it's a really it's really misogynist it's also transphobic and i also want to um, encourage when folks talk about well if men could get pregnant then this wouldn't happen and i want to remind folks that uh trans men can get pregnant so maybe focus on how if cis men could get pregnant none of this would happen um because there's a lot of uh, transphobia and misogyny that trans men face on a daily basis and then when we have to talk about reproductive health care a lot of us myself included uh we are we are part of that discussion as well so i'm wanting to note that out loud all right um i will go into a the positive news stories on this show are when folks take action against something that's negative that's happening. So it's not that that's often the case back when we started, I don't know why I'm in nostalgia mode today. Oh, back in 2013 when I was like, Oh great. More States are going to, you know, legalize or at least decriminalize cannabis. And I think if they were to, the first step of course should have been to release folks from jail or from prison who have been incarcerated due to growing a plant. Ah, uh, that obviously should have been the first step. So those were it. But then again, it's like, why was this even illegal in the first place? Why was this criminalized in the first place? And it's important to ask questions. <sighs> and greed. I mean, the the fact that the prison populations are so large, it's just disgusting. It's really fucking disgusting. Yep, that's it. It's disgusting. There are ways that folks can help out, though. So here's one way. So Mother's Day is coming up, and I know that holidays are, I mean, May Day is a good holiday to, to support, and most other holidays I'm like, eh, okay. Because um, anyway, I won't go into a rant about holidays and my feelings about them. However, there are ways that folks can come together during certain holidays. So there, I want to encourage folks, as I take the mic stand off its hinge, I wasn't even being angry. I was more just wanting to move it a little bit. So pardon the side effects here. Great. So you can help You can help by, um, there's a website that folks can go to called nationalbailout.org. And this is to help us hashtag free black mamas and end pretrial detention. And it's a national bailout. 
And I'll read a little bit from the site. We are reuniting families, creating a national community of leaders who have experienced incarceration and working with groups across the country to transform harmful systems to keep our people safe and free. And I'm going to play a, a video here that they have um, on their website, which talks a little bit about this. And I'm going to make sure everything else here is all set before we start. And so, yeah, again, the website is nationalbailout.org that has more information. And let's hear from the video on the website. Each year for Mother's Day, people gather to celebrate their mamas. But this year for Mother's Day, we're getting together to bail black mamas out of cages and get black mamas free. Thousands of black mothers are trapped in jails, separated from their children, their families, and their communities because they cannot afford to pay bail. These people have not been convicted of a crime. These are just people that are languishing um, just because someone said that they may have done something. Bail has been a true driver and determinant of folks' freedom versus their detainment. In the past two years, we bailed out over 300 community members. We've been able to support a good majority of those folks, and we've been able to really be in community and fellowship. This May will be our third year that we will be bailing out black mamas and caregivers from your local jails and immigrant detention centers. Mamas and caregivers should not be held in cages. This year, make your gift count. Bring a mama home for Mother's Day. All right, so once again, if you go to nationalbailout.org, you can check out more information there about how to donate. You can also subscribe to get updates and learn more as well. Please do share this um, among your networks, and there's a lot of different ways that folks can participate as well. And I'll read a little bit more. Under the Get Involved section, it says, National Bailout is a Black-led and Black-centered collective of abolitionist organizers, lawyers, and activists building a community-based movement to support our folks and end systems of pretrial detention and ultimately mass incarceration. We are people who have been impacted by cages, either by being in them ourselves or witnessing our families and loved ones being caged. We are queer, trans, young, elder, and immigrant, and there are... Uh, yes, there's ways where if you have a story of yourself, yourself, you can also contribute. And they have a list of what we've done so far. Ooh, so this is good. Statistics are helpful to share information as well. So I'm going to click on this and enlarge it so I can read it. Um, get a little bit, whoops, make it, the font a little bit larger here. Just one moment. This might take me some time. Let's see, how do we do this? We don't have cameras in the in the studio, so um, you can't see the faces I'm making oftentimes when I'm reading articles or the fact that when there's a technical issue, which there happens to be oftentimes, uh, um, you don't necessarily see it. So you might hear me stammering and stuttering a little bit and wanting to fill time until I can find out exactly what's going on. And I really want to read these statistics and I'll just share what was happening for, for you listeners out there, because this is the medium where we have the audio. I clicked on something. I couldn't quite read it and I tried to enlarge it. And in doing so couldn't, uh, couldn't see it really exciting stuff here. I'm trying to be transparent. Okay. And I'm going to lean in a little bit closer so I can read this uh, every day on average, uh, excuse me, every day an average of 700,000 people, fuck, 
are condemned to local jails and separated from their families. Here is how we are making a difference. So far, 308 people have been bailed out. $1,932,724 is has been raised to fund our work. And this is again from National Bailout. 22,500 individual donors. $985,945 has been posted in bail. $250,315 to help meet the needs of those we bailed out. And $223,728 to power local organizing efforts. And they have 23 partner organizations and 19 mamas selected for our eight week have been selected for the eight week fellowship so again really awesome organization if you'd like to support please do get out the word and check out nationalballout.org great okay uplifting things positive things folks are doing to make the world a more just place <sighs> okay 1227 um i'm tempted to take a music break and also going to read one one more story that we posted and this goes back to uh, I feel like I'm inspired when folks take action it makes me recognize okay there's a lot of people there's a lot of different ways there are a lot of different tactics to fight back and also just to be aware of what's happening what's possible so really wanting to, to share that okay moving down the list here oh ooh, that's another thing Oh, goodness. So there's an article, which I might get to depending on time and energy levels that folks can check out. It's from The Intercept. Uh, Peter Thiel's Palantir was used to bust relatives of migrant children, new document show. And there was a talk at Stanford uh, last night. Unfortunately, I was unable to go. Um, that was put on by a few folks. Mihente and SLAP is another organization that helped put it together. So there's an article on The Intercept. I will maybe... Uh, I, I will maybe read it later, but folks, um, regardless, please do check it out. And it shows it's, you know, folks collaborate and in terms of this ongoing fascist regime. So if we can target the folks who are willingly using their labor to be used in these ways and have an understanding of how everything's connected, that can give us a lot more ways to, to stop what's happening. So this article uh, goes back to what we're talking about with uh, in in Georgia, and um, it's been updated as of this morning, and it's from the Hollywood Reporter. I don't usually use the Hollywood Reporter as a source. Oftentimes, I use more indie sources, and also when they're reporting something that's positive, uh, great to share. So this has been updated. Yesterday it was two. Then this morning I saw three. Now it's five. So five production companies say they won't film in Georgia over abortion law. This was updated this morning. Um, oh, oh, originally it was, I guess I've updated it, but it came out yesterday. Um, this is the, I, yeah. So <laughs> it was written by Bryn Elise Sandberg and it's from the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, David Simon, Nina Jacobson, Mark Duplass, and more industry figures have pledged to no longer shoot in the state as long as the law exists. And again, from what I've heard is that the law would be due to go into effect into January. So folks really want to be sure that folks who are already planning to get reproductive health care or abortion services to not be dissuaded from doing so um, in that um, because the, the law which they, in Georgia, has not gone into effect yet. So this is just a side note that I wanted to, to share with folks. 
Okay. So they've pledged uh, to no longer shoot in the state as long as the law exists. Georgia, no stranger to threats of boycotts due to controversial legislation, finds itself at risk of another filming debacle. On Tuesday, the state's Republican fake-ass governor, Brian Kemp, signed a piece of legislation that's been dubbed the heartbeat. Oh, God, I hate these people so much. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. What a fucking asshole. Okay. Even reading about this bill makes me want to fucking smash things. Oh, it's... Oh, it's so fucking misogynistic and fucked up. I can't... Even... Anyway. I guess I'm going to summarize this article because I'm too angry to read it. It's making me that angry. So, a few folks have spoken up in late March when the bill was approved uh, in the Georgia General Assembly with a 92 to 78 vote. Uh, now, Killer Films, the production banner behind such films as Fox Lux, First Reformed, and Carol's Taking Action. CEO Christine Vachon tweeted on Thursday morning that the company will no longer consider Georgia as a viable shooting location until this ridiculous law is overturned. Side note, uh, Christine Vachon wrote a really good, I guess it's an autobiography memoir called something something the, f- the company's called killer films it was like something something about a uh my oh i wish i remembered the name of her book but it's really good and talks about being queer and being a woman and making it in hollywood and uh i recommend it if you are in the industry and or want to be and it's a good read so folks check that out okay side note i guess we're <laughs> going all over the place today my apologies but there's a lot to talk about book recommendations so wanting to to share that one and um but so yes i've recommended dark money which i think folks should uh, check out and also vanishing new york by jeremiah moss and also um little fires everywhere by celeste eng and also wanted to share oh a documentary that's it saw called uh, Hail Satan and it ends with a question mark and it's playing at the Roxy in San Francisco it's directed by Penny Lane and it's about how the Church of Satan have organized to fight back against uh, fundamentalist Christians who have with with politics and it's all everything's related of course everything's connected you know the folks who want to restrict abortion access um, and folks who are homophobic etc and it's how the Church of Satan has pretty much organized events to counteract them, and also, uh, and also through the law too. Like there was a, in Oklahoma, and also I think in Arkansas, they were trying to put up a Ten Commandments uh, statue, which is ridiculous. And so the Church of Satan were arguing, okay, well, if you're going to allow this, then you should also allow uh, Baphomet. Like the they have a statue of the goat that was like eight feet tall that they made. And the whole idea was they didn't necessarily want the the statue to be placed. It was more to say, okay, well, if you're going to allow religious folks to have their their place here in front of the Capitol, you should also allow all religions to. So it's a really great documentary. I recommend folks check it out. Again, it's called Hail Satan. Also, a while ago, I saw a film called Woman at War. It's an Icelandic film about an environmental activist. Uh, highly recommend that too. Great. Going back to the article all over the place my apologies maybe you can follow hopefully you can yeah that's great uh why am i apologizing that's a whole other conversation to have okay next in the article uh the wire and the deuce creator david simon who runs blown deadline productions similarly tweeted about the law i can't ask any female member of any film production with which i am involved 
so to so marginalize themselves or compromise their inalienable authority over their own bodies i must undertake production where the rights of all citizens remain intact he said further explaining in another tweet can only speak for my production company our hmm, our comparative assessments of locations for upcoming developments will pull georgia off the list until we can be assured the health options and civil liberties of our female colleagues are unimpaired and also hope that they recognize trans men as well producer nina jacobson whose company color force is responsible for such hits as crazy rich asians and american crime story quoted simon's tweet and wrote ditto Mark Duplass, whose production company, Duplass Brothers Productions, has a four-picture film deal with Netflix, also alluded to the abortion bill on Twitter on Thursday. Don't give your business to Georgia, he wrote. Will you pledge with me not to film anything in Georgia until they reverse this backwards legislation? The same day, Counter Narrative Films, which produced Netflix's Triple Frontier, added its name to the list of companies that wouldn't shoot in Georgia while the abortion law existed. No Georgia filming on any of our projects until this law is gone, wrote producer Neil Dotson on Twitter. As far as taking a stand goes, Vashon, Simon, and Duplass are in the minority. Mm. The MPAA, which represents the five major film studios, says it is watching the law closely and waiting on final court outcomes. Film and television production in Georgia supports more than 92,000 jobs and brings significant economic benefits to communities and families, says MPAA Senior VP Communications Chris Ortman. It is important to remember that similar legislation has been attempted in other states and has either been enjoined by the courts or is currently being challenged. The outcome in Georgia will also be determined through the legal process. We will continue to monitor developments. Indeed, though, the law is set to go into effect in January. There will almost certainly be a court fight to block it. Before then, a similar six-week abortion ban that North Dakota passed in 2016 was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. Of course, the difference this time is that the balance of the Supreme Court has changed with the recent appointment of fuckface, excuse me, conservative Justice Brett Kavanaugh and George Georgia is perhaps hoping the odds will shift in its favor. Georgia's generous tax incentives give up to 30% back. Wow, explaining why 455 productions filmed there last year, resulting in an estimated $2.7 billion in direct spending in the state. Major projects to shoot there include AMC's The Walking Dead and Netflix's Ozark and Stranger Things. In addition, Marvel filmed two of its biggest 200, 2, 000, excuse me, two of its biggest 2018 blockbusters, Black Panther and the latest Avengers movie at Pinewood Studios in Atlanta. It's also worth noting this isn't the first time there has been calls for Hollywood filmmakers to pull projects from the state. As a result of controversial legislation a year ago, a similar movement grew in response to an anti-LGBTQ bill that would have made it legal for adoption agencies to not work with same-sex couples. At that time, lawmakers had also approved a bill that would strip Delta of a major tax break, which was largely seen as an unsubtle punishment for the airline's decision to axe its discount for the NRA members following the Parkland, Florida shooting. Still, threats of a boycott did little to disrupt the state's thriving film industry. Uh, there's a May 10th. That's today. 11.40 a.m. Update. Updated headline and article to note five production companies, yes, have stated they will not shoot in Georgia while the abortion law exists. And also, Delta brings me to the next segue. We'll, we will be taking a music break in a moment. Delta. Oh, gosh. Uh, sometimes I really wish there was a camera here so you could just see me eye roll and 
gesticulate and just wildly at the nonsense. They so someone saw a poster that Delta put up that was wanting to convince workers not to unionize and to spend their money on video games instead. That was one of them. There's another ad that had like a football and was like also telling folks to not unionize and to get drunk as if that's a better use of people's money. And so they were taken to task. This is on Twitter. You can follow it as well. I've also heard that JetBlue is against folks unionizing. Um, For a moment, the AFL-CIO posted a response about how it's better to get a guillotine. Uh, They were just doing a response to the Delta's ad, and then they removed their tweet, but you can still see it online. So fuck Delta for being uh, anti-worker. Also... There, where was I going with this? Okay. Oh, oh yes. So someone did research into the, I love when folks do research, did research into the group that had sponsored the ads in the first place. And so it's following that on Twitter. Also, you can follow me on Twitter. I, I mostly retweet what other folks share because I feel like there's a lot of voices out there who are doing a lot of research and I just want to uplift their voices. So you can follow me on Twitter at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. Um, follow me on there and a lot of the things I'm talking about today I've shared on there in articles you can also follow us on Facebook I know Facebook Twitter super problematic uh, gross bad and also those are some of the those are some of the media sites that we use right now to share information so if you go to facebook.com forward slash weekly rev we share news articles on there as well Although doing more on Twitter these days okay I've said a lot more than I was planning to say so we're going to take a music break. We're going to go back and play some more music from Capua. And we're going to go to, let's see. Um, yes, this is the third song called uh, Funk Religion. And then we'll be back in a bit. So please do stay tuned. Frozen in motion, this nation so divided, but generations are quotient. But dividends multiply for the one percent. Give the Caesars what is Caesars. I double check that percent. In God we trust was written on one side, America on the other. No difference if we tax a tide. Took 12 steps on a stairway to heaven that doubles as Jacob's ladder. Pray up in the right direction. Pastors preaching to the choir without a sermon. Going off the cuff, thinking needs a sleeveless. Many tricks I try to skip between the lines. I'll try to have a peace of mind for my inner demons. I know I'm bleeding, but don't know where the hurt is. How many rotaries were curses? Someone tell me where the church has got drunk of pop tales of opium in the Eucharist. And realize my religion was playing Judas. I get down on your knees. Tell me what you see. So what's a true religion? Uh, consumerism. Just check the genes of American denim. So my sober didn't account for inflation. Gentrification, the euphemism for segregation. New Jim Crow, we're in the same chains we waited. For change so long, the grades of rap became raisins. Huh. Across a gold chain, self into an idol. But I'm looking for a silver bullet under stacks of automatic rifles. Off the sand, playing the bad dad with America's Bible belt coiled in his fist. Preachers cracking trippers for a whip. One step away 
from a Freudian slip But hate is the seed, race is the weeds And the root of all this evil has some blood on the leaves But if he so walks, man, tell me where the footprints My neighbor could really use a serendipitous running with A good Samaritan, but America's in the eye Never think a hypocrite, tell me which one am I like Get down on your There is nothing abstract about the term neighbor. I grew up learning that it's more than a description of a person next door or on my same block. More than proximity and closely held beliefs. Much more than how they interact with the world, how they interact with me. A neighbor is someone deserving of love from the creator, from fellow humans, from the universe. Yet, when I say my neighbor is undocumented, you start to fidget. Where I share my love for my neighbors in SF, you get squeamish because isn't that where the gays live? It reminds you of Sodom and Gomorrah, even though that city was destroyed for injustices facing marginalized communities, Ezekiel 16:49. When I tell you my neighbor is Muslim, you question if I'm still Christian, that's interesting. Well, my fellow Christian, listen. I'm tired of the double standards of the alternative facts saying who my neighbor is when everyone is created in the image of God, except apparently for the people you deem deserving of wrath and punishment. HIV AIDS is not from God. The post shooting is not punishment from heaven, not part of God's plan. Trump's wall and travel ban against Muslims, refugees, and undocumented is not part of God's plan. I'm tired of the same conversation on who my neighbor is. It's not some abstract word. It's quite simple, get it through your mental. My neighbor is incarcerated, is homeless, is queer, is Muslim, is refugee, is you. Is an image bearer of our creator. Deserves love, deserves hope, deserves a listening ear. Deserves love, deserves hope, deserves a listening ear. Deserves love, deserves hope, deserves a listening ear. Deserving, worthy, gosh child. and welcome back to Weekly Review. Ah, all right. So, there's more music by Capo of the Band. And coming up next is an article I said I might read. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. Ugh. Uh, oof. So this is from The Intercept. Peter Thiel's Palantir was used to bust relatives of migrant children. New document show. This is written by uh, Sam... Biddle and Ryan Devereaux, and it came out on May 2nd, 2019. And again, you can check this out at The Intercept. 
I am going to get myself nice and, well, cozy is not the quite word here. I'm going to sit in and get ready to read. All right. Palantir, the CIA-funded the CIA funded data analysis company founded by billionaire Trump advisor Peter Thiel, provided software at the center of a 2017 operation targeting unaccompanied children and their families, newly, newly released Homeland Security documents show. The documents undercut prior statements from Palantir in which the company tried to draw a clean line between the wing of ICE devoted strictly to deportations and the enforcement of immigration laws and its $38 million contract with Homeland Security Investigations, or HSI, a component of ICE with a far broader criminal enforcement mandate. As about the contract renewal by the New York Times, a Palantir spokesperson lied, excuse me, stated, stated, there are two major divisions of ICE with two distinct mandates. Homeland Security Investigations, or HSI, uh, or HSI, is responsible for cross-border criminal investigations. The other major directorate, Enforcement and Removal Operations, or ERO, is responsible for interior civil and immigration enforcement, including deportation and detention of undocumented immigrants. We do not work for ERO. Documents obtained through Freedom of Information Act litigation uh, and provided to The Intercept show that this claim that Palantir Software is strictly involved in criminal investigations as opposed to deportations is false. See, as I was reading that, I felt I was jumping the gun by assuming this person was lying before I read their quote, and sure enough, they were. What, what are the odds? Okay. this The discrepancy between the private intelligence firm's public assertion and the reality conveyed in the newly released documents was first identified by Mihente, an advocacy organization that has closely tracked Palantir's murky role in immigration enforcement. Far from detached support in cross-border criminal investigations, the materials released this week confirm the role Palantir technology played in fa facilitating hundreds of arrests, only a small fraction of which led to criminal prosecutions. A May 2017 ICE document on an impending unaccompanied alien children human smuggling disruption initiative characterized as a joint effort by, of ERO and HSI makes explicit the fact that ERO used Palantir's investigative case management software to target the parents and other relatives of unaccompanied minors crossing the border, a precursor to the Trump administration's family separation policy. In a section on coordinating instructions, the operational document describes how the 26 HSI special agents in charge, SAC, will coordinate with their respective 24 ICE Enforcement and Removal Operations, ERO, field office directors, POD, to establish teams of HSI special agents and ERO deportation officers with the support of the local HSI SAC intelligence program. The instructions go on to state that each SAC will be responsible for determining how to document uh, each a UAC arrival in the investigative case management system. However, it is recommended that every initial UAC encounter at the border or its functional equivalent be documented. As the Intercept reported in 2017, ICM allows ICE agents to access a vast ecosystem of data to facilitate immigration officials in both discovering targets and then creating and administering 
cases against them and provides ICE with access to intelligence platforms maintained by the Drug Enforcement Administration, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and an array of other federal and private law enforcement entities. The document makes clear that the operation would directly target the parents and other family members of children apprehended at the border, all with the help of Palantir's case management app. The document continues to instruct that if sufficient information on parents or family members is obtained while investigating an unaccompanied child, a collateral case will be sent via ICM to the affected AOR's team for action. The instructions make clear that ICM-enabled inquiries could result in charges against a child's family. Teams will be able to immediately conduct database checks and contact suspected sponsor-slash-parent or family members to identify, interview, and, if applicable, seek charges against the individuals and administratively arrest the subjects and anybody encountered during the inquiry who is out of status. The Palantir aided campaign to hunt down and arrest family members of children who crossed the border alone was touted by the Trump administration's top immigration hardliners as a necessary measure to deter asylum seekers from making the journey north. According to figures ICE provided the intercept on Monday, the 2017 initiative led to 443 arrests, including 35 criminal arrests. Prosecutions, however, were more difficult to come by, with ICE acknowledging that the campaign led to just 38 prosecutions related to quote-unquote alien smuggling or quote, re-entry of removed aliens. Their language is just beyond me. In a letter to the top oversight officials at DHS in December 2017, a coalition of immigrant rights organization described the so-called surge initiative as unconstitutional and said federal law enforcement was using children as bait. The documents detailing the enforcement campaign were first obtained by the American Immigration Council in collaboration with the Florence Immigrant and Refugee Rights Project, the National Immigrant Justice Center, Kids in Need of Defense, Women's Refugee Commission, and Wilmer Cutler Pickering Hale and Door LLP as part of ongoing freedom of information litigation surrounding the Trump administration's family separation policy. The detention and deportation machine is not only driven by hate, but also by profit, Jesse Franz Blau, senior policy analyst for the National Immigrant Justice Center, said in an email to The Intercept, Palantir profits from its contract with ICE to help the administration target parents and sponsors of children and also pays Amazon. Boo! Fuck you, Am... Excuse me. So... Just a natural reaction I have. And pays Amazon, and also pays Amazon, to use its servers in the process. The role of private tech behind immigration enforcement deserves more attention, particularly with the growing influence of Silicon Valley in Valley in government policymaking. Palantir CEO Alex Karp has previously expressed reservations about his company's role in governmental overreach, despite federal contracts serving as some of the firm's highest profile business. I didn't sign up for the government to know when I smoke a joint or have an affair, he told Forbes in a 2013 interview. This public stance appears to have softened since. Last year, Carp told the New York Times, Ew! 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 He said, Ugh, sorry. Uh, I don't know why I'm apologizing. It's just having to like read what these people say is just... Ugh. I need like a mint or something. Okay, so this person says, We're proud that we're working with the U.S. government. Palantir did not immediately comment. I'm sure they didn't. Okay, so you can find that article again at The Intercept. Ugh. And yeah, if you know folks who work in tech or folks who work at Palantir, 
push them, question them. Why are they willingly doing business with with these folks? Gross. Super gross. Imagine if uh, your labor was used for good and not evil. What kind of world would we live in then? Uh, as you may or may not know, I've got some allergies. Uh, feeling like a little, I'm sounding a little bit nasal today. So just putting that note out there. <sighs> All right, we're going to take a music break. Then we will come back with some more info. This is a song called um, I Feel You uh, featuring Brother Brother. And we'll be back uh, after this. Everything I write sets off fire alarms Parked on riders blocks, all right on BART Guess I missed the parade At Facebook's masquerade The facade that life's okay Like Eliza, take a break Hella folks cast their reality Check for common sense But we all diamonds in the rough Why still less common sense After all, we all gonna end up dead as presidents But it's all good fam Just follow the alchemist to the pyramids <laughs> Yeah, I'm kinda clever Don't be the best, just get better Kinda lactose, so I don't worry much about getting cheddar Ate said we ain't never we gon' have our ish together Life's a beach from Cali So you better bring a sweater it's a- with our pettiness and wanting to change everything even when it sounded all right and even when we thought we could get this whole thing done in one weekend thank you for sticking with us and showing us love and everything and thank you galvin for being the dopest drummer and such a kind and hilarious and chill friend we're gonna miss you so much we love you yeah we gotta give a big shout out to our amazing bassist that we brought in gabby ryan and gotta give a big shout out to Brother Brother on the beat. Check him out on SoundCloud. Really dope producer in the Filipinas. So thank you so much for this beat. Yeah, and thank you Nanashka and Derica and your adorable kids for coming out. Amazing. Yeah, for coming <laughs> out to our gigs, performing with us, and just hanging out with us. Yeah. And of course, thank you so much to everybody who made this all possible by giving to our GoFundMe uh, slash Venmoing us. Um, yeah, so thank you, Mindy. <laughs> Jazzy, Caroline, Alexa, Allie, Lauren, Hannah, Kristen, Malia, Erms, Shell Shell, Kuya Aaron, Natty Ho, Gloria, Chris, Monica, Carolyn, Matt, Chuni, Ate Anna, Lisa, Kuya Du, Alina, Hiram, Ising, Ate Ayana, Justine, Ate Bianca and Kuya Jeff, Mioi, 
Jordan, aka Jordan. Lauren Lee. Jeremy. John. Jay Bok. Nate. Angelo. Justin. And of course, the Prince family. Thank you so much for letting us also use your garage to be a tried and true garage band. We love you so much. Thank you. And your kids. Yeah, and thank Shout you to everybody, me. all the friends who made this possible because y'all believing in us, that means so much. And that means that we can actually make this album. And I never thought this would really happen. So yeah, same. yeah thank you, everybody. Yeah, so I guess until next time. I mean, hopefully there'll be another one, right? I mean, in like five years. Yeah, maybe. five years or something. Maybe when we're all in our 30s. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, yeah, hopefully. But until then, we'll just say see you later. Oh, that was dope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that's cool. That was good.
This was some more music from uh, folks in K- KTB, and you can find them at soundcloud.com forward slash ITM25, and before that was yon.bandcamp.com, Y-A-Y-I-A-N-N, bandcamp.com. And... Uh, do a little brief plug for the radio station here. We are broadcasting from Mutiny Radio. There are shows here every day of the week. A lot of great shows here to listen to. Check out Labor and Love. Check out Women's Magazine with Global Val and Common Thread Collective, which are off this week. However, we will be playing uh, previous episodes. If you're interested in doing a show here of your own, please do contact Pam, the station manager. There are slots available uh, every day of the week, pretty much. So you can do a show here of your own. You get trained um, in the studio, pay monthly dues, and then you get to have a show here. It's pretty great also we have a space available for rental if you like to do a one-time performance we have some saturday night spots available as well so please do check us out for that also if you'd like to support the station we have a GoFundMe up go to mutinyradio.fm and you can click there if you'd like to support this particular show check out patreon.com forward slash weekly rev so coming up next we'll have an interview around 1 30 with uh, some folks who are associated with the um, there's a performance coming up uh, that's gone on called within these walls uh, dreams of flight so we'll be talking to uh, Lenore and Hien uh, about that performance and first wanted to share some music from the performance so we will be sharing that now and we'll be back for the interview around 1 30 so stay tuned
of my maternal grandmother after her passing, transformed over time to deeper genealogical research of all family members who migrated over. Invariably, this turned into broader research into the effects of the 1882 Chinese Exclusion Act, which affected hundreds of thousands of Chinese in the U.S. and China for multiple generations leading up to today. It tore families apart and resulted in a mass incarceration experience at the Angel Island Immigration Station that forever stamps the experience of Chinese in America. This act was the first piece of legislation to restrict anyone from another country from immigrating to the U.S. It was enforced until 1943, with quotas until 1965, an 83-year period of exclusion, which set precedent for anti-immigration laws to come. The U.S. wasn't ready for the influx of Chinese male laborers. While exploiting them for cheap and risk-taking labor without documented recognition in photos or history books, the government was working on the elimination of the Chinese male laboring class, with anti-miscegenation laws enforced and the restrictions laborers faced in bringing family over. Our company, Lenora Lee Dance, created an immersive multimedia dance work within these walls in 2017 dedicated to the 170,000 Chinese who were detained, interrogated, and processed at the station between 1910 and 1940 as the result of the Chinese Exclusion Act. 
It is receiving incredible acclaim through a Special Achievement Award for Outstanding Production by the Isadora Duncan Dance Awards Committee. He and Huen, one of the main cast members, is nominated for Outstanding Achievement in Performance by an individual for his incredibly moving performance in the piece. Within these walls remains one of our strongest and most ambitious works, an exhilarating experience that brought many to tears, including us. We feel extremely thrilled and honored to announce the restaging of Within These Walls and its sequel, Dreams of Flight, at the Immigration Station for three weekends this May 4th through 19th. This will be our longest performance run to date, a necessary and bold next step in making this pivotal work more accessible to the public. We are also creating a full-length dance film inspired by it. Coupled with humiliating doctor examinations and dehumanizing interrogations, the mass detentions and incarceration on Angel Island lasted for weeks, months, at times up to two years. We are again at a particular crossroad in our nation's journey with the current administration. The rights of immigrants, women, children, the impoverished, and communities of color are being heavily threatened. In the context of today's mass detention of immigrants and the national debate taken to a new level, there is an acute sense of urgency in promoting efforts to engage the public in the process of reconciliation and restorative justice embodied in the effort to share the story of the Angel Island Immigration Station. The public's engagement with this historic site is not only one of education or curiosity, but an affirmative, deeply felt effort at healing. My name is Lenora Lee. I am the artistic director and producer of the performance pieces Within These Walls and its sequel Dreams of Flight, and the producer of the Within These Walls film. We hope you can join us in this effort in seeking to share a sense of gratitude for life and our lived experiences. The power in sharing these truths is boundless and with your support we will bring the possibilities to life creating a legacy for this and future generations. The timing is crucial. Thank you so much for your support. All right, and welcome back to the weekly review, uh, joined here by Lenore and Hien. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, our, our pleasure. Yeah. Um, so, ah, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, performance piece, if that's what one uh, could call it. Um, <laughs> So we're really looking forward to, to checking it out, and I was hoping you could uh, talk a little bit about it. And it's called Within These Walls, uh, Dreams of Flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we have a dance company. It's called Lenorley Dance, and we've been around here in the Bay Area for the last 12 years. And two years ago, in 2017, we created an immersive performance piece at the Angel Island Immigration Station. They now call it the U.S. Immigration Station on Angel Island State Park. And it was dedicated to the over 100,000 Chinese who were detained and processed there between 1910 and 1940. And this was a period of time when Chinese were excluded from coming to the United States and becoming citizens uh, because of the influx of Chinese male laborers. Um, Since the mid-1800s on, uh, there was increasing anti-Chinese sentiment. And so um, the government was basically trying to cut off the, the... laboring individuals coming over. And Mm -hmm. so um, 
Chinese were detained for much longer periods where normal processing time was two to three days, but they were detained for weeks, months, and one person was detained up to two years. And so um, there's an incredible amount of history there. Uh, the station was set to be demolished in 1980. However, a park ranger at that time found the uh, inscriptions on the walls, which ended up being well, we were able to recuperate through um, kind of a movement by the Angel Island Immigration Station Foundation to preserve the building. Uh, but they found over 200 poems inscribed in the walls oh, wow. by the Chinese detainees. And those poems have been translated in a book called Island mm -hmm. uh, by Him Mark Lai, the late Him Mark Lai, Judy Young, and Jenny Lim, who is the poet and playwright that we're working with for these projects. And so um, we're integrating in there a mixture of contemporary dance, um, film and video projection mounted throughout the station, uh, original music by Francis Wong and Tatsu Aoki, and uh, po poetry and um, actual interrogation questions mm. uh, that were configured by Jenny Lim. So we can explain a little bit about what the immersive work entails and yeah. um he in here is one of the main main performers and cast members yeah yeah so um with the immersiveness experience of of um this performance it's it's quite crazy how you as the audience travel to there by boat as many of the detainees did mm -hmm. And um, you know we work our way up to the station, and at the station it's, it's a network of rooms from uh, bunk beds to uh, the doctor's office, and the dance play takes place both inside and outside of these rooms. If you can imagine, there's uh, 12 of us performers, and each one of us is uh, given a biography of somebody that was actually detained there, mm. and. Uh, we proceed to spread, you know, disperse throughout these rooms, and the audience gets to choose whose story they want to witness and follow. Oh, wow. And so we intersect and interweave with one another, and it's it's a very intimate experience where, you know, there's really no lines between viewer and performer, mm. and we're we're all essentially as one. Yeah. And um, yeah, two years ago when we performed this. Uh, if I could share what was really impactful that time was um, I was as I was performing throughout these different rooms there's this lady uh, she kept following me throughout the rooms and she was like there with me every single room every step of the way mm. and then in the end I found out that um, I was playing the role of her father <sighs> yeah and that that really blew me away and it you know it, it shattered that whole this is a performance this is a show no like this is this is what happened, and um, I'm really grateful for us to be able to be there to honor these experiences and to, to give voice and movement and, and bring to life what, what has transpired there. And uh, yeah, the, the building itself, it's, you can feel the history, you could feel the haunting energy, and it's, it's just something else to be in the actual space of, of where it actually happened. Wow. As both performer and, and viewer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. That sounds just, yeah, very, very impactful. Mm -hmm. mm. Huh. Yeah, so we are excited to bring it back to the station. Um, 
and we created a sequel. So what, what occurs is the first hour is the original with mm, several different changes in there. We're exploring lots of different new spaces and um, pathways for the performers. And also then the, the, the half an hour that closes the piece is a sequel. So they bleed right into mm. each other. And um, what's been great is we've had the support of the California State Parks and um, the Angel Island Con- the Angel Island Conservancy, Angel Island Company. Um, so it's been a partnership in that respect to be able to actually navigate and enter and create in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our, our company, I, I wanna also just recognize that the projects are are large scale and offsite and in unique and historic spaces. And that's something that I've been really interested in mm-hmm. over the last, I don't know, more so in the last five years since we've been exploring uh, immersive work, because there's just something unique about being so close to audience members. You know, I'm just really interested in, in connecting as deeply as possible with those who are witnessing and there. Um, and pretty much because we're so close to them, it's almost as if they're stepping into the stories with us and mm-hmm. they can feel and breathe with us the same um, experiences that we're trying to convey through the arts, you know, through the, the multiple disciplines that are um, being layered on throughout the piece. Yeah. 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 It's such a an important uh piece just to have the the the, i think we were mentioning like with the line between like the audience kind of dissolving a little bit we're having folks inhabit the same space together and how crucial that is for for art Mm -hmm. and i feel like sometimes we we miss that with the in the age of technology where there's it feels very passive sometimes to watch something on a screen as opposed to being in the same space with people who are performing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a piece of work Mm -hmm. yeah do you want to talk? So uh, one story that came to mind from the original two years ago was we have we set up um, we tried to recreate things that occurred commonly in the station in terms of the processing. And one was one is um, in, intensive and extensive interrogations. So mm. what occurred was um, that basically the Chinese were deemed guilty until they could be proven, prove themselves innocent. And the interrogations lasted for for many hours. And if some sometimes if um, translators were switched, then they would have to start the questioning over again from the beginning. Um, and you had to not only question the applicant, but the the people that they were claiming to either be related to here um, or another al- um, alibi, right? So. Um, they were extensive, and a lot of the Chinese who came over during that period of time were very young. They were teenagers, mm. teenage men with um, kind of from rural, impoverished areas of China. And so it was a tremendous, um, not only burden, but they were basically representing their community, their village, mm-hmm. and their uh, their lives were kind of riding on whether or not they would land. Yes. And all the money that they had saved or borrowed um, was kind of on their shoulders. And if they didn't land, you know, they would be deemed a f- kind of a failure by the whole community. Wow. So it was a lot of stress and a lot yeah. of pressure um, for these young boys. And it was just um, a really... 12, 14 yeah, years old. Right. Really oh, intense goodness. process. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, but I was gonna tell I was gonna tell a story about something else. Um, 
so uh, one time during an interrogation, there was a very young boy who walked straight up to the table and put his car, toy car, down on the table and just was mesmerized by what was going on. Mm-hmm. He was he basically, you know, had no fear, but was just so engaged in the communication and the conversation that was going on. And not until, you know, the two dancers stood up to actually dance around the table uh, after sitting at it, did he actually back off. But it was just fascinating to see the level of comfort or inhibi- in inhibition that he held, you know, which is really interesting. Be- before, I know that um, certain audience members were trying to figure out, okay, what should I do? You know, should I get out of the way or should mm. I follow this person? Should I... Um, some people are almost feeling compelled to step in between what was occurring yeah, yeah. or, you know, curious to know if they could actually make a change in what yes. was going on. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk about some other experiences? Like, cause he and actually interacts quite a bit with audience members mm-hmm. and we are somewhat encouraging that this round as well, because we feel that, um, and the, the feedback that we received was that, um, it makes it much more unique of an experience mm-hmm. to actually yeah. be brought in, you know, physically or to be communicated in some way by the performers. Right. Yeah, just um, this past weekend, um, another experience that, that uh, happened was um, I was performing and I, I kind of connected eyes w- with this lady as I walked by and I, I saw the tears in her eyes and I felt, you know, how moved she was. And then. I started feeling <laughs> very emotional mm-hmm. too, and then suddenly we're locked in on this frequency together. And then I, I, I grab hold of her hand, and we're holding each other's oh. hand. And then we walk towards um, this gate, right? And at this gate, in my script, I'm supposed to like jump on the gate and dance on this gate. And no, I, you know, letting that go, and suddenly me and her, we just engage in this slow dance and. I was a lady, she was in her like 70s and and, and she was so open and and willing to move and then we we spent the next few minutes just slow dancing together alone. No one saw us. It was just us two in that moment and I was really moved and my heart (laughs) was so much there with her and it's like these moments of like when we can just drop that veil, you know, and come out truly and recognize each other. Yes. Whether we know each other or not, but just be, and and um, yeah, and sh- share these pockets of moments of grieving, healing, and and, and emotion. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, and I think the realization that you know, I think we're we're hoping to bring about is really that um if you're not immediately tied to an immigrant generation that doesn't mean that <laughs> there needs to be any distance or or viewing that you know those who are dealing with immigration issues or are you know here not legally um that we should be distancing ourselves and saying you know us and them or you know can we provide a, a compassionate lens on well this is a human experience Absolutely. there are many many reasons why people flee their home country yes you know so how how can we just drop into the internal sense of struggle you know as a common uh, commonly known experience by everybody <laughs> and and overcoming challenges overcoming trauma 
figuring out how to find both individual and internal strength as well as community strength, you know, working together, collaborating. And we wanted to represent, uh, which comes out more in the sequel, the sense of... Um, uh, the community of detainees coming together to push and resist or, you know, stage um, <laughs> stage uh, rebellions against the staff members mm -hmm. or the way they were treated. And um, so in 2017, we realized once we opened the piece that really this was representative not just of the Chinese population in a certain mm -hmm. historical period, but it really was a broader representation of an immigrant struggle, uh, a struggle against unjust, unjust immigration policy. Yes. And um, that we as artists at that time and right now have the opportunity to share our voices, to share the work in creative ways to be able to talk about the issues of immigration in this country right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I'm so glad you, you brought that up because there is like the more I read about the history of this country, just how throughout like immigration has been uh, used as like a political maneuver against folks um, coming in or people who are even here in the first place but just a way to, to harm communities. So mm -hmm. I, yeah, I appreciate that the, <sighs> I feel like I have more emotions than I can, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's difficult for me to find the words, um, but just to, to be able to, as you mentioned, to relate it to what's happening now and just to understand the history of this country and how that has been used in the past mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is, is really crucial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> It sounds just such a an incredible and important piece. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <sighs> and and yeah, in the confines of this say performance, mm -hmm. like Lenora was saying, there's this us versus them yeah. mentality that is out, but really there's this whole oneness yes. that, that is yeah. in that depth. And, you know, from in the lens of performance, there's this us and them, you know, audience and performer. Mm -hmm. But then also in that metaphorical oneness is such a oneness in that space. Yes. So the the experience is felt together and and the 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 struggles and the hopes and the dream is is yeah, it's a it's a union of of our collective um experiences all in on one place. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, so we're excited. Yeah. I mean, this is the first time that we're staging something for three weeks long. That's, wow. And so we just finished the first weekend, and we're mm -hmm. opening again tomorrow. Great. Um, so tomorrow, I'll just mention that the performances are Saturdays and Sundays, mm -hmm. the 11th, 12th, 18th, and 19th. We have a 1 o'clock show and an 11 a.m. show. Okay. So there are two options in terms of getting there. You can either take the Blue and Gold Fleet their ferry that leaves from Pier 41 in San Francisco, mm -hmm. or you can take the Angel Island Tiburon Ferry, okay. which leaves from Tiburon. And so um, there's specific ferry times. Um, the more information about the project and how to purchase tickets um, is on our website, which is www.lenoraleedance.com, L-E-N-O-R-A-L-E-E-D-A-N-C-E.com. Um, we are also offering tickets. We're doing a ticket giveaway for Mother's Day. Oh, great. For our 11 a.m. show. Um, and we're also offering a Bring Your Friend for Free for okay. the 11 a.m. shows on s tomorrow and Sunday. Okay. So we have two offers. Excellent. Mm -hmm. 
oh, it sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. Oh, forgive me for not having more. Uh, just, I just really grateful for you for being here and also just for creating this this art. I think there's a lot of folks, I can speak for myself right now, where we feel really, or I feel really bogged down by all that's happening in the world and also recognizing the history and that's has been going on for a long time and also being able to see artists who are engaging in this dialogue about what has happened and what can happen. And also the, the interactive aspect of it, I feel is really empowering for a lot of us and provides a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. <sighs> Absolutely. And I feel that, um, you know, this kind of experience is open for anyone to view. It's, um, our audiences have been very diverse and they've been intergenerational. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually, you know, been able to read and speak to, many, many different communities, folks who are local, who maybe didn't know there was an immigration station at Mm -hmm. Angel Island, and folks who are just interested in going to Angel Island. So really, it's half a day, a day-long journey, but it's a a beautiful experience, because many folks can go there and hike and bike. Mm -hmm. There's a cafe and live music on the weekends. People can barbecue. They can take their own boat out there as well. Okay. So it can be, um, you know, a, a really gorgeous... Uh, Saturday or Sunday afternoon for you. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of historic buildings around on this on the island. So buildings that were uh, mainly used during World War II mm-hmm. uh, that also held POWs there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they have tram tours, tours around the island. Oh, okay. They give history about um, the inhabitants and um, the. The plants and and whatnot, yeah, and the original birds, the different species mm-hmm. that were there. Wow. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm definitely looking forward to checking that out. So, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to? We have a few more minutes left, if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Anything else to plug or share? Sure. Uh, well, we mentioned earlier on the kind of voiceover that in we, we received two different awards for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, you know, at the time of creating it, we had no idea what the impact would be. Yeah. You know, we just knew that it was an important piece of work to create. And I actually have three grandparents who were processed at, uh, in the station. Wow. So, you know, part of this research over the years has been like um, understanding more and more broadly, but also um, at a deeper level. The immigration process and how it affected so many people. Um, I got to do a lot of genealogical research as mm. well. So uh, one one character actually plays my maternal grandmother. Wow! Um, in the mess hall, we have a really beautiful wall mural that was designed by our media designer Olivia Ting, which has I believe eighty two tiles that are a compilation of historic photos, documentation, um, interrogation questions, um, photos of the island inside the barracks. And um, it's a beautiful collage that she created. So if you're able to visit, you know, even if not during the performance, but if you go take a tour there at the station, um, it's in the mess hall. Um, Other things? Oh, okay, yes. So the Isadora Duncan Dance Awards Committee um, gave a, gave Hian Hian. Uh, do you want to just talk about the awards? <laughs> the awards. <laughs> yeah. So Hian received um, a special a special award for outstanding performance by an individual. Wow. Yeah. Pretty incredible for his performance in the piece and. Uh, 
Um, it was a, a great honor to also receive a Special Achievement Award uh, for Outstanding Production. And this was, we're the first recipients of that award. So it's very exciting wow. um, to be branching off artistically yeah. and for the work to speak to the Bay Area community. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're trying to bring excerpts and if not the full piece on tour in different oh, yeah. cities. You know, we wow. perform different excerpts and we could translate this to a proscenium stage if needed. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there are options and there are a lot of stories um, and a lot of material that can be uh, compiled into a one-room space to be able to perform and share. Oh, excellent. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for being here. Thank um, you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, so for folks who are listening, please do check out LenoraLeeDance.com to get tickets. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for being here. And yeah, we're going to uh, wrap up the show. I am in a much better mood than I, it's a news program. So I oftentimes start off the show with news and current events. Mm-hmm. And it's really, um, really uplifting to, to end on a note of uh, inspiration and hope. So thank you both so much for being here and for the, for the work that you do. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So we'll end with some more of the instrumental pieces uh, from the show, and we'll be back uh, next week. Uh, take care, everybody.
everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Mutiny Radio, women's magazine with Global Val and Common Thread Collective. We'll be off this week. However, we will be playing previous episodes. Uh, stay tuned. They'll be back in two more.